up, everybody? Welcome back to the Going Live podcast. It is your host, Max Going, And today, great, great episode for y'all. As we took a little break, took a little break, took a week off, gave, you know, gave you guys a little time to marinate with those episodes, look them over, and, uh, and then we're going forward. And, you know, the main reason I did it was because I looked at August and I said, oh, well, I don't have that much content. So we've pushed it back a week, but now we are back on the grind Tuesday, July 28th. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today we are talking, as I just said, Deep Sleepers and kind of like a tight end number two episode for y'all. And uh, a couple big things for the podcast going forward in terms of of scheduling so a lot of good stuff going on today and let's get right to it of what is happening right now at this very moment and what's not happening is the question I mean we got baseball underway we have basketball preseasons underway NHL hockey starts today in terms of the preseason so a lot of sports are coming back but with that being said baseball's future for some people may be in doubt Miami Marlins, have, if, if you don't know, have tested 17 players, have test, tested positive for COVID-19 in the last five days. So as of right now, breaking news just about five minutes ago, the MLB has suspended the entire schedule until Sunday for the, for the Marlins. As, and maybe this is a little bit of an answer to the Nationals voting against traveling to Miami for their series this week. Uh, but... They are done till Sunday, at least Sunday. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm assuming they do have six off days that they could make up these games on. They could probably incorporate some double headers down the road. So at the end of the day, they lose five games. Well, not lose, but they suspend five games. And now you have to somehow make that up with hoping that the COVID-19 problem goes away. So... This is expected for Major League Baseball. They were expecting a team or players to test positive, and they have protocols in place. So hopefully the protocols they have in place will work, and hopefully that this MLB season does not get canceled because so far it has been just so nice to have baseball back. You love it, you hate it. Baseball is Americans, America's pastime, and it is it is. Feeling normal a little bit with baseball being back. You kind of feel like things are going to be all right. So hopefully baseball continues to do um, you know, everyday games. And, and, and hopefully maybe some double headers will have to come out of this. But the big thing is we just we hope it's, uh, it's not canceled. Because we have some baseball, fantasy baseball scheduling to, to attend to. So every day. We will be doing a podcast every other day. It will involve fantasy baseball. So at the end of most shows, I'll go over my fantasy baseball breakdown for the the last two days or the weekend. So if I do, I'm probably going to be doing one on Monday, one on Wednesday, and one on Friday going into that weekend series. So stay tuned for that. We got you know it's not in depth, hour long, advanced metrics type of breakdowns but if you're in a normal 10-man league 12-man league mixed league you know there's going to be some information out there that you might want to want to know about for the deeper leagues for the 
NL, AL only type of leagues. It's not going to be as much information for, t- for leagues like that. If you're in an AL or NL only league, you probably know what you're doing already. So just want to give you a future, um, a heads up for the future, I should say, and let you guys know what is going to uh, be the, the schedule for baseball. We're going to try to keep it as consistent as possible. With that being said, you might be asking, wait, I thought Mondays and Thursdays were football. We're changing that. It's going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays, for the off season at least, uh, for football-only podcasts. That doesn't mean we don't do one on Wednesday, one on Friday, blah, blah, blah. But only football episodes will be Tuesdays and Thursdays now. So just want to let you all know about that. And Khabib, Justin Gaethje, UFC 255, October 24th, location to be determined. Please, just send me location. And as Khabib likes to say, of course, send me location. It will be determined sooner than later. So that is good news. Khabib, Justin Gaethje, that fight has got to happen for the 155 division to continue to move forward. There are a lot of willing contenders in that division. There are a lot of killers in that division. And this whole pandemic, plus the death of Khabib's father, had a lot of people worried if if we will ever see, not ever, but if we would have seen this title fight in 2020 at all. But we have those questions answered as well. So UFC 255, October 24th, 2020. It will be happening this year. And uh, finally, the fight comes to fruition. Interim champ, normal champ, I guess you can call him, fighting to unify the belt at the lightweight. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait for that one. It's going to be a great, great fight. Potential fight of the year candidate if Khabib doesn't just maul him in the first round like he does with everyone else. Uh, Gagey's a beast, and he's going to definitely bring it to the table for sure. Let's move on to some fantasy football news. Before we leave the What's Happening Now section, there is a lot to talk about in terms of what's happening right now in the football world, and it's a lot of people opting out, a lot of players opting out, and for the most part, if you look at who is opting out, the voluntary opt-outs really don't have any offensive stars, and the higher-risk opt-outs higher risk, excuse me, opt-outs are more, you know, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. You can imagine, you know, why. Bigger guys, respiratories, systems that might not be exactly the way they'd want it entering the risks involved in the season. And there's some unspecified opt-outs as well. And for the most part, the best offensive player and the most fantasy-relevant offensive player would be Marquise Goodwin of the Philadelphia Eagles, the newly signed Marquise Goodwin of the Philadelphia Eagles. So in terms of people who you are going to be drafting by name, there's really not much to worry about. What I now worry about, though, is Minnesota losing Michael Pierce. It's a huge loss. One of their best defensive tackles. One of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. That obviously puts a, you know, not a huge question mark, but I would I would move them down the rankings of the defensive and special teams draft board probably you know one to two spots maybe. But the big one obviously is the New England Patriots. 
And New England Patriots, Dante Hightower, see you later. Brandon Bolden, see you later. And most importantly, Patrick Chung, see you later, has all have all three decided that this is not worth it. See and play another day. And it's, you know, more respect to them. It is just so scary as a football player. I can imagine if you're not at a perfect, healthy position to risk this. And if you have, you know, a newborn or family members that have high risk of any of those factors, I mean, it plays into these decisions. So, you know, Patrick Chung, he's a gamer. Dante Hightower, they're gamers. I mean, they show up to the f- they show up to the field every single day, every single Sunday, and come to work. And as a Patriots fan, I know this. I've been watching them for the last five, six years. There would have to be some good reason why these players aren't opting out. They all do give good reasons if you want to go check it out, mostly on their Instagram pages. But for fantasy wise, and it is a little um cruel, I guess you can say, to, to speak about these men in terms of fantasy teams and, oh, well, this affects my fantasy team. Well, obviously, they're putting their lives on the risk, so you could have a fantasy team. So I apologize if I'm being a little insensitive, but this is a huge, huge blow to the New England Patriots defense and their rankings in terms of their ADP, I'm expecting them to drop. I'm expecting their, their production to obviously not be the same as it, as it usually is year in and year out. When you lose two leaders, two veterans, and two huge pieces of that puzzle, it's just not going to be the same. So, you know, the Patriots, non-fantasy-wise, they could be in some trouble. Five, six players now have opted out, and... You know, this this makes me wonder, first and foremost, if this is a strictly health-reasoned opt-out. Or if Bill Belichick is playing his cards. He's playing his cards. He got Cam Newton for a one-year contract with a bunch of incentives. Now you have three, maybe four quarterbacks coming out of college that are going to be very good. Obviously, you have Trevor Lawrence, the most popular name of that list. You know, let's just say Bill Belichick and the Patriots go five and eleven. Let's go. Let's just say they go six and ten. For for Patriots' sake, they're good enough for six wins. Fine. You know how many teams need a quarterback right now? Honestly, with the last few drafts. And the, the, the free agent signings that have gone on. The teams that need a quarterback. Desperately need a quarterback. Indianapolis in the future will definitely need a quarterback. 100%. But they're, they're so good, they, they probably not, won't, won't have a top 15 pick. New England. If they wanted Cam long term, they would have signed Cam long term. And you know maybe Chicago... I mean, depending on how that all works out. The point is, if you look big picture, there's not a lot of teams that need a quarterback. And when you put Trevor Lawrence on New England, <laughs> the dynasty just starts right back over. Just starts right back over where it, start, where it left off. So, you know, 
it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder if this is a Bill Belichick going, look, hey guys, you you have newborn babies, you have you have health risks here, A, B, and C. D- don't risk it. Take the year off. I'm Billy, you know, Robert Kraft will probably slide some bucks underneath the table. Don't worry about it. You know, it's okay. Take a take a year off. Rest your body. Come ready to play in 2021. And oh, by the way, we'll have a an A plus prospect as our quarterback for the future. So, New England, don't sleep on them. It's bias. I'm a Patriots fan, diehard Patriots fan. I get it, but do not sleep on the Patriots. Tom Brady is gone. Bill Belichick is not gone. Just remember that. Tom Brady is gone. Bill Belichick is not gone. You know, it's it's not the chicken or the egg here. Bill Belichick drafted Tom Brady. Bill Belichick can do it again. So, yeah, let's move on to some fantasy talk. And um, just piggybacking off that defensive little chatter right there, you know, Vikings defense, it's got to go down my rankings. New England Patriots defense, it has to go down my rankings a lot. So this puts New England outside the top five. For me, no doubt, no doubt puts them out of the top five in terms of fantasy football defenses. Yes, you still have Stephen Gilmore, but he can't do everything. He's a cornerback. If you don't have your number one rushing guy, your number one linebacker to stop the rush, on top of the fact they already lost Jamie Collins, on top of the fact that they did almost nothing in free agency, so got to move him down. Can't reach for the Patriots defense. No longer an elite defense. No longer an elite defense by any means of the imagination. So, will they do well? Of course, it's the Patriots. The defensive side of the ball will probably be fine. Top 10, maybe 10th, 9th best defense I could see. Not top 5, and Stephen Gilmore is going to have (laughs) a lot of the load to carry on. But let's move on to some deep sleepers and some guys in the tight end position that I really, really like coming into the draft. A, most importantly, A, ADP here is the most important. Okay, so I'm looking at these guys. These are guys I can get. These are guys I can reach a round above, maybe two rounds above in the 10th round, in the 9th round, and still be able to get them. And if I don't reach and I'm leaving it as, you know, what their ADP is expecting, then I'm getting them in like the 12th, 11th round. And now you're really talking about where you win your draft. Good value at the back end, excuse me, at the back end is where you really, you know, you can hit your first round pick. You can hit your second round pick. Fine. A lot of people do. (laughs) If you're you're picking the top 12 best players in the NFL, they're going to do well. What can you do in rounds 11, 12, and 13 that will separate yourself from the pack? And I think one of the players that you should definitely consider is a man named Dallas Goddard of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's only 25 years old. And yes, he is a second tight end. He is a backup tight end, I guess if you want to call it that, for the Eagles. So you cannot expect breakout potential that is, you know, unrealistic. Because he's not going to get 1,000 yards. He's not going to get 10-plus touchdowns, barring any injuries. And he's, he's probably not going to get more than 100 targets in a season. But with that being said, if anyone is going to do it out of these people that I'm talking about right now, it's going to be Dallas Goddard. 
And at the tight end, 17 off the board, an overall ADP of 136. This man is being severely overlooked, in my opinion. I mean, if you look about it, look. Dallas Goddard last season had 100 by ESPN standard format. So this is a ballpark. But Dallas Goddard had 144 fantasy points last year as a second tight end. Okay? 144 as a second tight end. These are the only tight ends that did better than him. Okay? And it, this list is long, and it at, by seven players, you're like, okay, dude, we get it. But look, Kelsey Kittle Ertz. He had 215. So less than 100 points differential on the fantasy side. Almost only 70 from Dallas Goddard to Zach Ertz. And you're talking about seven, eight, nine rounds in, in difference of ADP. So right away you can see what I'm talking about. Mark, Mark Andrews had more. Waller, Higby, Cook, Henry, and Hooper. Henry had like two more. Hooper had like ten more. Um, Jared Cook had like... Mm, Seven more, so uh, he only had he only played thirteen games, so it's a little, um, a little off in terms of that comparison. But what I'm getting at is, in terms of fantasy points, he ranked top ten. He was the tenth best tight end in fantasy points last season, as a number two, and so, and even in, um, in just statistics. He managed to be top 10 in yards, targets, receptions, and touchdowns. Uh, the more, mo- most four most important statistics you can get as a tight end. And so Dallas Goddard is, is not being looked at, excuse me, is not being looked at as a top 10 tight end because he's the number two guy. But in the last two years, Last two years, 91 receptions on 131 targets, 941 yards, 9 touchdowns on 69% catch rate. Not numbers that will pop out and, you know, blow your mind. But if I told you that the current sixth tight end going off the board only had 89 receptions, 132 targets, 1,044 yards, six touchdowns on 67-ish. It's a ballpark. I'm not that good at math. Percent catch rate in his last two years. Would you rather spend the ADP on a guy like Evan Ingram, who that who those statistics are about? Or would you rather wait and get him, you know, get that same guy later on? Obviously, the answer should be later on. And if you think that Evan Ingram is going to finally break out, then that's a whole different conversation. But at the end of the day, if you look at, you know, just look at what Dallas Goddard has been able to do as a handcuff. As of right now, Evan Ingram is the seventh tight end being drafted. Um, Dallas Goddard is the 16th. And so he has the same amount of tu- uh, less less touchdowns, like four. Like less than a hundred more yards, one more target, two less receptions. So, you know, and it's it, it's tough to gauge because if you look at the tight ends right now that are ahead of Dallas Goddard, you have obviously you have, um, sorry, hold on one sec. You have T.J. Hawkinson, Joe Smith, 
Mike Chileski, Chiseski, sorry, Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst, Austin Hooper, Rob Gronkowski, Jared Cook, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram. Waller, Ertz, Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey, that's a dumb argument. You're obviously not thinking they're going to be better. But look at the last two seasons. This man has done the most consistent out of everyone. And yes, there's in, there's injuries. Hunter Henry, you know, Cook, Gronk. But the last two seasons, he's been pretty much better than every single one of those tight ends. And in two seasons, and I get it. You're going to look at Austin Hooper and go, well, duh, he wasn't very good his first year. I understand. But if we're talking about progression and we're talking about getting better every single year, look, Dallas Goddard has gotten better every single year he's been in the NFL. That's one year, but he, he improved dramatically on pretty much everything his second year in the NFL. 25 years old. Zach Ertz, I think, is on his way out. And I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas Goddard took over that starting one starting position this season. This season. My real prediction is by 2021, he's the number one guy in Philadelphia. Number one guy in Philadelphia. But you can definitely use an 11th round pick on him. You know, draft him as your backup tight end. I think you might you you might be happy you did so. And I just talked about Dallas Goddard for 10 straight minutes. So let's move on to some people that are also getting overlooked and it. It doesn't get more confusing, more difficult to judge and pre- predict than a man named Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen has not had less than 1,195 yards in a season since 2016 when he was injured and out the entire year. The last three seasons, he's had... You know, over 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns. He catches the ball uh, more than 65% of the time. And he plays every single game. He's always on the field. He's a durable player. And look, he got over 150 targets. Sorry, 149 targets last season, 136 targets the year before, 159 targets the year before. He's going to get you around 100 100 receptions. And just because Philip Rivers left, look, I totally understand that Tyrod Taylor and Philip Rivers are not the same quarterback by any by any stretch of the imagination. But Keenan Allen is only 28 years old, people. He's only 28 years old, and as of right now, he's the 26th ranked wide receiver off the board. That is blasphemy. That is blasphemy. There are, you cannot name 25 better receivers than Keenan Allen. Stop it. Stop it, people. Come on. I get it. I get it. The dropping ADP is because of the quarterback change. But they're not going to be a run team. Look, their main back is Austin Eckler and maybe Justin Jackson. Second-year player out of Northwestern. So... They're going to be a passing team. They're going to want to involve Eckler in the passing game as well. They want to get that offense as as fluent as possible, as early on as possible. And the number one way to do that for a quarterback is to establish trust with your number one wide receiver. I've mentioned this on this podcast a lot. 
The chemistry between the quarterback and the number one wide receiver is so crucial for an offense to be considered a, a functioning and good offense in the NFL. Functioning good offense, top 15. Now, do I think the Chargers will be a top 15 offense next year? I don't. But Keenan Allen is not the 55th best player in football. He's not the best, I'm sorry, he's not the, he's not the 55th best offensive player in football. He's being way, way undervalued here. And the fact of the matter is, you won't have to reach for him. People will assume, look, he's going to digress. He's going to get under 1,000 yards because of Tyrod Taylor. I don't see that. I see him having 1,000 yards, around 1,000 yards, around 100, 100 catches still. They're going to throw him the ball. They're going to throw him the ball. And he is, and look, he came out the other weekend and said, look, I'm better than Chris Godwin. I'm better than Mike Evans. And people are disrespecting my name because I lost Phillip Rivers. Chip on the shoulder, determined to prove people wrong. I like what I see from Keenan Allen going forward. Look, last year he was considered good. Not great, but good. And he had more receptions than he, than he did in 2017 when he was considered great. So don't sleep on Keenan Allen, my friends. Do not sleep on Keenan Allen. Wide receiver, 26 off the board. That fifth, I mean, look, if you go running back, running back, and let's say you want to get uh, a, a quarterback, let's say you want to go Lamar Jackson, you want to go tight end, let's say you want to go with Kittle or, or Andrews or whatever. Your fifth round comes around, I mean, fourth round comes around. Keenan Allen is a great fourth round pick and someone who you can definitely trust on to get the job done. So, yeah, that's it. Those are my number two guys. Those are two guys that I'm actually, like, super, super interested in and I'm definitely going to be targeting and working my game plan around those two players for those draft, uh, for those rounds, the fifth and, like, the tenth. That's when I'll really be looking for Keenan Allen. Um, these other guys, though, are, you know, we only have about four minutes left, so I'll, I'll make it quick. But Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny is a guy who is last on this list in terms of his ADP. He goes off the board, the board, uh, goes off the board at two hundred and four, and is a running back sixty-two. So when we're talking about deep sleepers, I mean this is as deep as it gets. For some leagues, you're not even drafting people in the two hundreds. So Rashad Penny, look, yes, he's coming off the ACL injury, and I totally get it. His ADP is still favorable, though. And at, and, and at 208, 204, excuse me, you can take that chance. Use your last pick, especially if you're a guy who likes to stream the, the hot defenses and you don't take a defense. Um, the, you know These later round options, your 15th, your 16th round, he'll be there. And he could, yes, he's third on the depth chart, and I get it. But if you look at the, 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 the games he had against Minnesota, Philadelphia, I mean, he looked like a legit, I wouldn't say pro bowler because that's, that's egregious, but he looked like he had some real potential in this league. And when you, you, you multiply that on top of the fact that he is one of the best, if not the best, you can argue it, college running backs we've ever seen, the potential's there. 
I mean, yes, Philadelphia was terrible last year, but 129 yards, 14 attempts, a touchdown. The next games against Seattle, 74 yards, 15 attempts, a touchdown. And then earlier in the season against Pittsburgh, 10 attempts, 62 yards, and a touchdown. So, like, look, I get it. You have three games to go off of, but that's why his ADP is so low. Uh, he's <laughs> – look, is he better than Chris Carson? No. He's not better than – I mean, let's be honest. He's not better than Chris Carson. But the, the, the problem with Chris Carson is he fumbles the ball a lot. And you can't fumble the ball – in the NFL. <laughs> you just cannot fumble the ball. As a running back, you cannot fumble the ball. He had seven fumbles last season. Seven. Seven. Yes, you heard that correctly. He has ten in the last two seasons. He got worse as the as his career's gone on. So as good as Chris Carson is, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, uh, oh, sorry, 1,100 yard seasons. If you can't control the football, they'll find someone else who can do that plus the thousand yards you're giving them. So the depth chart for Seattle is obviously Chris Carson first, Carlos Hyde second, and Rashad Penny third. I wouldn't expect that to stay the same. Carlos Hyde is not better than Rashad Penny. He's being drafted above Rashad Penny. I'm not drafting Carlos Hyde at all with any pick of mine because of the fact that Rashad Penny will be better than than him next year. Um, So that's one where you can just look. That can be your last-round pick. Take the flyer on him. Who knows? But the eye test shows me. The collegiate statistics show me there's some potential there. Rashad Penny running back 62 off the board. Now, I had Tevin Coleman on this list, but with Raheed Mostert restructuring his contract, I'm not as interested in Tevin Coleman, but 107 off the board, running back 37, another guy you can take a flyer on and not be worried about it. Damian Williams, a guy who I talked about a little bit on my last running back show, 98 overall ADP, 35 running back off the board, but a guy who has the most promise in terms of playing time and production out of any of these guys, probably maybe besides Keenan Allen. But, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not the number one running back yet. Just remember that. It's a late camp. Rookies have just now gotten to camp. Just now for the first time. So don't expect Damian Williams to A, just you know, say, hey, yeah. Yeah, here you go. Your spot. You can have it. Don't expect that. That's not fair. Damian Williams is a baller. He comes to play. He's a gamer. And um, I'm expecting him to do well. 98, though. Obviously, a little high on the ADP for a guy who technically has a handcuff. For his position. Then two more guys I want to talk about really briefly. Noah Fant, Denver Broncos, Iowa State product, or sorry, Iowa product. They produce tight ends like no other. He's just another example of that. Tight end 13, 123 off the board. You're going to have to pay a little bit of a price for him, but if you're a guy who likes to go running back, running back, tight end, or running back, running back, quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, and you kind of lost out on that good chunk of tight ends, Noah Fant will be there later on. Then, last but not least, Chris Herndon, New York Jets. This guy has been considered a sleeper for three years, but he's got that Darren Waller potential. Slept on, but could be very, 
very productive. That's it for me, folks. Thank you guys for tuning in. And just remember, Tuesdays and Thursdays from now on will be our football-exclusive podcasts. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we will continue to talk fantasy baseball to some degree. What that degree may be is all dependent on the show and the week. But we will be giving you guys fantasy baseball coverage like we promised. Thank you guys for tuning in. And make sure when you're doing your mock drafts, just take that, just take Dallas Goddard. Just take him. You'll, you'll, you'll be happy. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we will see you tomorrow as this podcast train continues to roll. Thank you.